Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast, episode 97. It is Wednesday, October 17th. I'm your host, Jordan Pace. Joined again by my co-host, Zach Henson, who we haven't heard from in a while. It's been a few weeks, but Zach, you're back. Welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate it. How was Disney? It was, uh, it was good as always. Good as always. And then I know we, we missed you last week as well, but we appreciate Matt coming on and uh, subbing in while you were on the mend, I guess yeah. we would say. Thank you. The sucks for filling in. Appreciate it. In terms of like you missing two weeks uh, while you were on vacation, in terms of like a fantasy football injury, this would be what, like an MCL sprain, like a two-week injury? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, just, just something. Maybe tweaked an ankle, you know. But this isn't like a hammy. Like this isn't going to linger like no, into no, the rest no, of the no. season. No. no. We all know about hamstrings right now with H&F. So. Don't even want to jinx it. No, it's not. All right, episode 97. We'll get to these really quickly here. Not a lot, but the first one that came to mind for me, and I know it probably didn't for you, Zach, this is the probably the best player in hockey right now. Um, this is a guy that's been compared to as like the next Wayne Gretzky, not even because they played for the same team, but Connor McDavid, who is the young guy, plays for the Edmonton Oilers, won the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is NHL's MVP trophy in his second season and he was born on January 13th, 1997. So another 97 there uh, from Ontario, Canada. Zach, have you ever heard of Connor McDavid? Never heard of him. He was on the cover of NHL last year. Okay. Doesn't help. Yeah. All right. Next 97 here. This was 1997, the year the Tennessee Titans made the move from Houston, Texas to Tennessee, but not Nashville where they play now. 97 was the first year in the state, but they actually played – at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. Zach, what do you recall? I think you were probably, what, like 15 at the time, 16? I have no idea. But uh, I do have an old-school Steve McNair's Oilers uh, jersey that I got from, like, the inaugural season they were here. What do you recall about that, that first – like, when, the, when they first announced in Middle Tennessee that the state and Nashville, which was, like, an hour away from you, was getting a professional football team? What do you remember about that? Yeah, I, I just remember being excited, you know. I mean, it was just an exciting time for us to get football. Were you a Falcons fan before? Uh, I don't know if I really followed football as much until the Titans got here. So would you say you followed I, – I know you said you kind of – your fandom with the Titans, not that it ended, but, I mean, like the height of it was like in the early 2000s. Would you say you really got into football, though, like once you started playing fantasy? Oh, yeah. Fantasy takes it to another level. You care for teams and – other players you would normally not even care for. So, yeah, it definitely does. I can definitely attest to that. Um, Zach, what was the best part of your week? Best part? Man. Ooh. Uh, mm. You go first. You go first. All right, this is really lame. This might be the lamest one of all time, but our uh, where I live, our dishwasher, my roommate and I, our dishwasher went out like two, three weeks ago. And so dishes have been piling. I mean, obviously, I could still do the hand wash thing, but that just, you know, there's no sense in doing all that work. So we put in a request, a maintenance request to get a new dishwasher like two, three weeks ago. Come home from work today, boom, new dishwasher. I did, I did dishes for like two hours before we recorded tonight. I was so excited. <laughs> you need to come over here and do some dishes. That would work. Yeah, I, I would love to. Yeah, okay. I'd, best part of the week, I don't know. We've had a lot of rain. We've had a lot of, uh, you know, makeup schedules this week and then the week before when I was gone we were just slammed so I didn't really have time to think of anything that was like the best part so I, I got nothing this week I apologize all good uh with that in mind let's move on and take a trip around the league let's take a trip around the league not a whole lot of like off the field stuff that really affects fantasy like we've had in the past, but a lot of injuries this week, Zach. The first one being probably the biggest news of the week in that Falcons running back Devontae Freeman of Isaiah 4031 placed on IR by the Falcons with a groin. It's a groin injury, but he, he's listed with groin, foot, and knee, which is, it kind of reminds me of that. Uh, sickness that like little babies get like hand foot mouth that's basically what Devonta Freeman has it's groin foot and knee and he's <laughs> he's on IR um, so that was probably would you say that was the biggest injury news of the week oh definitely by far I mean nobody saw that coming at all and 
I got the notification on my phone and was just really surprised. Yeah, he so he has the potential to return from IR after week 13, just in time for the playoffs, of course. Uh, but, you know, Freeman's actually, he's missed more time than he's played this season. And it's been really frustrating for owners of Tevin Coleman, like myself, and Ido Smith, like Jordan, who had uh, Devontae Freeman as well. And it's because you really, you know, Coleman's been getting the volume, but Ido Smith has been the goal line, you know, touchdown carrier. He's had a touchdown in each of the past three games while Freeman's been out. So that's kind of a frustrating backfield right now. Uh, who do you think ends up, you know, taking over that backfield, Zach? Uh, I mean, obviously you've got Coleman. So were you just pumped out of your mind when you read that? Yeah, and I don't know if I should be sharing this on the podcast. Maybe this person wouldn't listen, and maybe this goes against like trade etiquette. But I want your opinion on this, Zach. And I don't have—I haven't told you about this yet. So, I think it happened on Monday. Uh, no, no, it was Tuesday. It was yesterday, Tuesday morning, real early. I go to fantasy. I haven't looked up. I have no news on Devonta Freeman. I don't know if he's hurt or not. I—I I don't. I haven't really looked into it. But I needed to make a change with my lineup. Uh, lost like three weeks in a row. So I sent out a trade request to someone uh, involving yeah, – yeah, I won't even divulge too much information. This trade request involved Tevin Coleman for another player, a player-for-player player trade, a completely down-the-middle, even Steven trade. This person needed a, a running back, and I needed this position from this person. So I offered up Tevin Coleman. I sent the person a text message, but I didn't hear back from this person for like a few hours. Like a few hours went by, didn't hear anything, and then – I, I get the news that Devonta Freeman goes to IR. So what do you think I did? Cancel that offer. I canceled the offer. Which you never really made. Right? What do you, you mean? Never, you never officially sent it, right? No, no. It was sent. I sent oh. the offer. I sent the offer in Yahoo, and then I texted that person oh, right dude, away and said, I hey. Bet, I bet your hands started sweating, and you like were fumbling your phone trying to cancel that thing as fast as possible. I Yeah, I, I went straight to Yahoo and canceled it. And this person later in the day, like around dinner time, was like, "Hey, did you cancel the trade?" And, and <laughs> yeah. it was, it was funny because I I was talking. It was the it was the weirdest, most coincidental thing ever. I'm at dinner last night with Jacob Adams. It's like six thirty. And meanwhile, I mean, I texted the person about the trade offer like early in the day, like I want to say before lunch, and didn't hear from this person. I canceled the trade a little bit after lunch, and then about six thirty, I'm at dinner with Jacob Adams of uh, IDP still suck, I should say. And I'm telling him this story. I'm like, you won't believe this. I sent this person this trade. And then as soon as I heard the news, I canceled it, you know, asking Jacob's opinion. As soon as I'm telling the story, I get a text from this person. And it's, all it says is, did you take the trade off the table? This was at 6.56 p.m. Meanwhile, I, uh, sent, I sent this person the text at 8.30 a.m. with the trade offer. And you I canceled. You got to be fast. I canceled around 12 or one. So this person had four or five hours to make a decision and just, yeah, you know, it, that could have come back to bite me. That could have, that would have been painful. Trade etiquette though, as we talked before, I sent this person a text message, right? So I, I, he, he had the trade offer and he had a text message about the trade and then I canceled the trade. So I'm not on him, but on me, no. fair or foul? No, that's completely fair. You kidding me? I mean, they, they should have acted quicker and they should have at least replied, you know, if they were even interested in the first place. So, I mean, maybe work or whatever it may be causes them not to be able to, um, to be able to do that, but uh, you're in no way in the wrong on this. So I would not, I, maybe no one's in the wrong here. I mean, I, there was a couple other factors. Like I I'm considering going a different route at the position I was trading for anyway. So it's not necessarily like, you know, we had this ironclad deal and I was ready to go. And then I pulled it all because of Tevin Coleman. There were other, some other factors here as well. Um, but it's very rare that you get to send a trade offer, text somebody about it, and then let it sit there and stew. And then you have the ability to cancel. Because usually the person gets the notification on their phone, usually right away. And they typically make a move right away. Or you've at least talked about it before you've actually sent the request. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this is one of those rare situations. I just I didn't I didn't know what you thought about that, but that was my Devonta Freeman story. Um, next injury here are two Colts receivers, Ryan Grant and T. Y. Hilton, both of Almond Brothers. Ryan Grant didn't practice for the Colts today on Wednesday with an ankle injury, 
And uh, T.Y. Hilton, from his hamstring injury that's gone back a few weeks, he was a full participant. So uh, James and Blake will probably get T.Y. Hilton back this week, and we'll get to put Ryan Grant back on the bench where he belongs. Next receiver here is Josh Gordon of H&F Industries. Zach, I don't know if you know this, but Josh Gordon has a uh, hamstring injury that's been lingering. He was limited today at practice. Um, so, you know, I know you said you went all in on Josh Gordon. You acquired him in every league you're in. What are your thoughts overall, on, I guess, on Gordon and, and this injury? Um, uh, hopefully he is fine. I think this has been like the same deal and ever, you know, now with the Patriots, it's going to be the same thing moving forward. So hopefully it's really nothing. So, but the H and uh, H and F really stands for hamstring. So, <laughs> I mean, since hamstring and fractures, yeah. Since he was traded to the Patriots, Josh Gordon has scored 5.2, 13 and 9.2 weeks. And he has not had a full practice yet in new England. So hopefully he'll get that soon for you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next one here, these are the two running backs in Jacksonville. TJ Yeldon of East Coast Wombats has a foot injury, not looking good for this week. And Leonard Fournette of Big Orange Bullies has a hamstring injury. Now, those hammies didn't practice on Wednesday as well. I'll say this. If both Yeldon and Fournette are out against the Texans on Sunday, that leaves Jamal Charles and David Williams as the running backs for the Jags. Uh, so not, not a good outside there uh, if – if they have to play for the Jags. But um, the last two weeks, Zach, while you were out, I mentioned this when Matt was on, Doug Marone, the head coach of the Jags, he ruled out Fournette early the last two weeks, like on Tuesday or Monday, he ruled Fournette out. So the fact that he hasn't said anything so far might be a good sign for the Jags. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Fournette, too. Really, I mean, if you're Chase, you got to be disappointed so far. I mean, Leonard Fournette has missed four of six games. And in the two games that he played – He's had just 71 rushing yards on 20 carries with, you know, just 13 fantasy points. So, uh, been a big disappointment for big orange bullies for sure. Well, uh, I remember when he handed me the card, it had Leonard Fournette and it's, it said, sorry in advance. Um, I guess something like sorry in advance cause he's going to get injured because he drafted him. And it's true. He, he Babe Ruth did. Huh? He called a shot. He called a shot. Um, next one here, this is a guy that the other guys, they cannot be disappointed at all. Cooper Cup, um, they are disappointed this week, though, because he has an MCL injury keeping him out with that knee. Uh, but Cooper Cup, man, he's been one of the best receivers so far in fantasy. 17.8, 12.3, 16.8, 37.4, 21 points, and then 1.2 last week before the injury. Uh, Cooper Cup, man, he's been great. He's the 15th ranked wide receiver in CMB right now, and Robert Woods is seventh among wide receivers. I would say that's somewhat surprising. Um, Zach, here's a stat that I, I you might get this, but there are of the top 15 receivers in CMB, there are two other NFL teams besides the Rams who have two receivers who are in the top 15. Does that make sense the way I phrase that? Say it one more time, sorry. So besides the Rams, there are two other NFL teams that have two wide receivers in the top 15 in CMB in points. Who do you think they are? Uh, The the Steelers. Steelers with Antonio Brown, fifth-ranked receiver, and then Juju Smith-Schuster, the ninth-ranked receiver. Who's the other team? Um, Falcons? No, it is another team. It is another team in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals. Ah. AJ okay. Green, the twelfth ranked receiver, and then Tyler Boyd, the fourteenth ranked receiver. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, definitely not. Um, so that is Cooper Cup, who's gonna definitely miss this week. Uh, their head coach, Sean McVay, already ruled him out. Um, but Zach, I don't know if we should do this every week, but here is some fantasy irrelevant injury news, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, two quarterbacks, both in the AFC East. Ryan Tannehill of the Miami Dolphins, of course. A sprained AC joint is definitely out for some time, and Brock Osweiler starting in his place. And then Josh Allen, the rookie quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, he has UCL damage in his elbow. Zach, when you hear UCL damage in the elbow, what, what does that make you think of? I, I think of baseball. I think of Tommy John surgery. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like rookie of the year stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So he, Josh Allen's going to be out for a while. I would imagine, 
I think this could be one of those lingering things where he misses a couple of weeks, he tries to come in, and he ends up on IR. So this is not good for the Bills. Their season's over. Okay. Um, but, you know, I just – Brock Osweiler and Derek Anderson are two quarterbacks starting in fantasy football in week seven. I just can't believe it. Yeah, crazy times. Zach, let's take a trip around our league in CMB. Let's do some week six recap. I don't know if you have this ready to go or not, but do we have an all-pro team from week six? Week six? Of course we do. Of course we do. Uh, your top quarterback was Jameis Winston with 38.85 points. Your top wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, 39.20. Devontae Adams, 35.20. Your top running back, sponsored by H&F Industries, is Saquon Barkley, 39.15. Todd Gurley, 36.50. And your top tight end, Al, uh, Hooper, what's his first name? Austin. Is it Austin? Austin, yeah. Austin Hooper. Uh, 22.10. Your best flex position player would have been Melvin Gordon, who scored 35 points. Your top kicker, uh, Jason Myers, 27. Uh, DST, Baltimore, 26. And your top IDP player of the week was Buda Baker, 21.25 points. Followed by Zadarius Smith, who is a linebacker for Baltimore, because I know you were wondering. Uh, 20.75, Jonathan Joseph, Houston cornerback, 20 points. Kyle Fuller, Chicago cornerback, 19.25, and Desmond King, uh, Chargers cornerback, 18.15. The last four players were all free agents. Total, 398.40, so a decent week. Yeah, decent week, and that definitely affected the standings because we had a lot of movement, a lot of shakeup in CMB. Zach, Jake Sandifer, I wouldn't say your arch nemesis, but I mean the guy is a fan of Sean Kemp. Uh, Jake of Kemp's crew is in first place. He's on a five-game winning streak. Are you surprised? Um, I I don't even know what to say. I, I haven't really looked at Jake's team too much, so I don't know. So Jake began 0-1 after taking a 22-point loss to J&J, but he's run the table ever since. I mean, he's outscoring teams by an average of 34.73 points. Is that not ridiculous? Yeah, but, I mean, if it's anything like Kemp, he'll get to the finals and then choke, you know. (laughs) Um, I love it. And so another thing, too, with the standings is the bottom two teams, this is just something I noticed, the bottom two teams in our league right now in the standings, so that's the Almond Brothers at 14, and Jordan and Wanderson at 13, they have yet to spend a single fab dollar. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And I feel like it was almost like that last year. They spent like maybe $2. And they're both in last place or the bottom two places. Got to be active on the waiver wire. The other, team who, the other team who hasn't spent a dollar, and maybe this, this kind of screws up our narrative, but Ryan Risher of uh, Dragon Energy is in third place. So he, all, he hasn't spent a dollar either, but he's in third. One other note, West Coast Wombats, they are in sixth place despite having the second lowest points for. So they've had really close matchups or they're getting really lucky each week. One of the two's happening there. Uh, and then the Almond Brothers, they're in last place. And I'll say this in their favor. They're in last place despite having the eighth most points for. So they have the eighth most points, but they're in last. So they've had some really bad luck, it sounds like. They've just had bad luck. Um, I think that they're on their way up. You know, if they get T.Y. Hilton back this week, that'll be big. They just got Julian Edelman back. So, um, I, I think they'll bounce back. I feel like there's no need to really even talk about the Pick'em Challenge unless you want to just go ahead and, and mention maybe something. But I, there's no for me, there's no reason to talk about it. The Oh, you I see. You're hurt because you've been dethroned. Yeah, I'm now tied for second, and yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, we have a new leader in uh, the league Pick'em, and that is – Mr. Reed Garrison, who had a perfect week, 7-0. and um, Not to be overshadowed, though, Greg Lucius, the prophet, pick and profit, uh, also had a perfect week, which those are pretty rare. So uh, Ross Garrison also had a perfect week, but he only picked six teams. There's seven teams, and he only picked six, and he went 6-0. and So I don't know who he didn't pick. Um, but Ross Garrison decided to play this week. So, um, But anyway, so Reed is number one, Pace – uh, myself and Matt Suggs um, are the top three right there. But, I mean, there are so many guys still in this. Chase, Greg, Jay, Kevin, Jake, Matt Collins, Jeff, uh, John Nichols, Jordan, and even Brian. Um, all these guys are definitely still in this. Courtney, um, everybody still has a shot. So, um, it's a long, long season. We got more weeks left. So, definitely don't give up if you missed last week. Before we make our picks of the week, Zach, I know you had texted me earlier today that you have a note 
a commissioner note, and you rarely offer these midseason. Usually these are like reserved for the offseason or coming up on the playoffs. So week seven note from the commissioner is a shock to me. What do you have for the league that you want to say right now on the podcast? Well, it's just something I want uh, everybody to be thinking about. And um, I don't, I really don't even know how to word this correctly, but um, possibly just a change for next year. And that is that, uh, you know, the trade deadline where it's at in our league, let me pull this up right now, I think is November 10th. Um, and I think that we need to make a change on either the trade deadline or the amount of picks that you can acquire um, via trade. Right now it's sitting at three. And when we first came up with this rule, um, I don't think that we intended for it to be three. I think we had it for like one or two. And I believe I even put in the rules um, that I printed off, it was going to be two that year. And then Jake, um, you know, had the all the trades that he started trading and stuff. So we capped it at three. We came to an agreement on three. Um, but now I, I just feel like that kind of ruins the competitiveness of the league if you were just to give up um, your top three players and say, I'm building for next year. Well, I think it's great that you can build for next year, you know, with your with your team. I think maybe the most that we should acquire is maybe just two picks or one pick um, for that matter. Um, so I kind of wanted to see, you know, what everybody's thoughts are. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I feel like at, it's not really fair if you're losing and you just kind of give up and then you are giving it your best shot, you know, with all your players. Um, but then the second half, whoever happens to be playing that team, they seem to kind of get an easier route. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, we'll have to take a wait and see approach to me. Cause I, I, I don't feel like maybe Jake is the only example there, but I don't feel like people have abused it in the past. So it's kind of like a, you know, we won't know until maybe it happens. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but no picks have been traded so far this year. It's just been players for players, right? Well, Rish, we'd have to figure out what Rish did at the beginning of the season. Cause that counted towards this season, what he did at the draft. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm not saying that anybody has abused it in any way. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm just saying that <clears throat> that either we should – my other opinion on this is that we should move the tra trade deadline up and keep your three picks. Right. Because, uh, I mean, we've got four weeks until the trade deadline, but don't you feel like you right now kind of – have a pretty good assessment of your team. You know whether you have a shot at making the playoffs or if you're done, you know. Um, I kind of thought it would be fun to have the trade deadline around the exact same time that the NFL does, and that's around Halloween, I believe. Am I? I think it's the first week of November, but yeah. Yeah, so I think that would be a good time for us to maybe have our trade deadline. So, like, when you hear it about the NFL, you know it's coming up for our league. Um, and so that kind of moves it up because – in four weeks, if some of these guys are towards the bottom, they're just going to be like, ah, forget it. And they're just going to start, you know, trading away some of their teams. And then those teams are kind of basically going to be bye weeks for the most part um, for anybody else that they're playing. And that can really alter the, the standings. So I'd rather it be a little bit more um, competitive, you know, than everybody just hopefully, hopefully not, you know, giving up and, and just trading away and planning for next year. Because if, if you've been at the bottom – you know, that definitely runs through your mind. So I don't know. That's just, that's, that's something I was thinking about. I wanted to hear what other people would think. I may be in the minority here, Zach, but after, and I don't want to call it a debacle because that points fingers, but after everything that went on with the, the draft this year, when it came to swapping picks and people just forgetting that they had swapped picks and everything like that, I, I, to me, I think the conversation needs to be had about whether we should continue trading picks like next year. Maybe yeah, I, I would be up for that. Completely. I yeah. mean, we've, we've tested this and, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, everybody's got a feel for it. So I'm definitely up for that as well. Um, if we did not um, have picks tradable, I think the trade deadline where it's at is fine. I would still be up for moving it. And I mean, this is coming from me. I love trading, you know, as everybody right. knows, but I think it would be good for our league if we moved it up maybe a week um, or two, you know, maybe kind of sync it up with the NFL trade deadline. Um, but yeah, I'm up for that, that as well, or, or narrowing down the, the amount of picks that you actually do trade. 
yeah, no, I think it's a good conversation to have. Um, something that wouldn't affect this season, of course, but something that would affect next season, right? Yeah, we couldn't do this this season. I mean, Rish has already made trades and stuff like that. So this would right. definitely be something for next year. And um, I was just thinking about that. So, yeah, it's just, you know, maybe change the amount of picks that we trade or move the the league trade deadline up. So, I don't know. Just something to think about. That was a note from the commissioner. Zach, I asked you about this a couple of weeks ago, and it's something that I've had saved in my notes for a while, but I want to do a little a mini-segment called Con- Commissioner Conspiracies. Okay. All right, are you, intri- are you intrigued yet? Yeah, let's uh, – yes, what do you have? So I have, I have like five questions or so that I – just looking at all these questions, these are things that I, I have thought of in the past and I thought maybe people are in the league have thought about and thought, hmm, I wonder if maybe Zach and or Brian, the, you know, the commissioner, Zach, you know, in our league has power or authority over within our fantasy league. Does that make sense? Okay. So – uh, maybe confirm or deny. Uh, so true, or, we'll do a true or false. How about that? Okay. Uh, I'll just ask you these questions. I can, you know, you say true or false, and you can, you know, expand or expound on these as, as much as you want. Uh, first one here: Can Zach see trade offers that are still pending? So yeah. if I if I send something, no, can't see anything. So you see, you have the exact same line of sight that everyone else in the league has. Yeah, that would be a, that would be an advantage. You know, I don't think that's. That would be good. <laughs> Can Zach see fab bids before they're awarded? Definitely not. All right. Uh, here, I'll throw a softball out on this one. I want to talk about this is something that I don't think enough people in the league are talking about. It's it's a conspiracy of my own, and I've been wanting to get this started for a while. I'm calling this one Pizzagate, Zach, and I want to understand. I want to know what kind of deal you have with the Little Caesars in Cookville how you're able to get stuffed crust pizza from Little Caesars for the draft because I've never, ever been able to do this. I've called and asked Little Caesars, and they've shut me down. They've laughed at me. They say we don't carry that. I don't know what kind of deal you've gotten in the past, <laughs> uh, but this stuffed crust cheese with extra cheese and Parmesan cheese sprinkled on top with baked yeah. cheese, it doesn't exist. They laugh but at me. Here's what you need to do. You need to call them, ask them how much their stuffed crust pizza is. Get a price first. Make sure it's not like $15. It should be like 8 or 9 or 10 I don't. I will pay extra. Okay. Well, you call and then you say, okay, I want to order a stuffed crust pizza. I say, And then I'll say, but I want the garlic and parm that you guys put on the crazy bread. I want that all over the entire pizza. And, and, and say, if you have to charge me a little bit extra, that's fine. Don't say that unless they just completely don't know what you're talking about. But usually so, they'll just charge you like a dollar extra to put that on top. So true or false, Zach has a uh, under-the-table agreement or deal with the Cookville Little Caesars. I mean, I may at this point if, if nobody else is doing it. But All Good does it as well, so who knows? There's a Little Caesars in All Good? Yeah, now there's one over by the uh, All Good Walmart, you know, where Subway is. And um, that China Walk place, there's a Little Caesars now. Mind blown. Yep. All right, next one here. Can Zach fudge point values or stat corrections throughout the week? I have no idea if I could do that. Um, I, yeah, I don't even know. I've never even looked at that, if that's even possible. So I don't know what the answer would be. I know I can change fab dollars because we've talked about changing um, – we have talked about – trading fab dollars before right know that i could edit that but anything that a commissioner would do that would edit something big like that it would put it in the transactions like you would see it would be a big like i edited which team by the commissioner what i did so anything like that is going to be posted if it was even possible to do that with stats but i have no idea I know this whole segment probably sounds like I'm trying to manufacture some drama in the league between the commissioner and everyone else, but I promise I'm not. But this last, this last question here, Zach, did you manufacture the East Coast Wombats, West Coast Wombats rivalry in order to create content for this podcast? Uh, how so? Like, are you, the, are you the reason there is a rivalry between Matt and Ross, or did that happen organically? No, that happened organically. Yeah, that that definitely happened organically. Now, I did declare this uh, rivalry week because it was like week 10 or something, and that was just automatic. But I immediately changed it to week seven when I saw this was the matchup. I don't think anybody else playing is a rival, but uh, this one is, is it because of those two teams playing, so. 
All right, that's a perfect segue into our picks of the week. Like Zach mentioned, it's rivalry week, week whoa, whoa, seven. Whoa. Yes, here we go, picks of the week. Picks of the week. Zach, I'm just, I have no nicknames, no names for these matchups. I know some, some people, like maybe two people enjoy those. Um, no nicknames. I'm going to name a rivalry, or I'm going to name the, the matchup, and I want you to tell me if this is a rivalry, not a rivalry, and maybe it could be a rivalry. All right? So this first matchup here, this is strong side sitting there at fifth place versus IDPs still suck at 10th. Zach, would you call this a rivalry? No. No. Like and, not not even close. Yeah, and I mean, like, I can't really. No, I don't think so. All right, who are you picking in this one? Um, you know, I was looking at this one earlier, and at first I had strong side picked, but I really like the trade that uh, IDP's got with Carry uh, On Johnson. You know, so if Chris Thompson plays, I'm going to give this to IDP. Still suck, and. Um, if he doesn't, I don't know. And if Gronk somehow's out, but I don't think you will. I'm giving it to IDPs. So last week I picked uh, Matt and John strong side, and I said that they would score the most points of any team in fantasy. You heard that, right? Yeah. I definitely meant to say they'd score the fewest points because that's what they did. The exact opposite of what I said would happen. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with them again. I'm going to pick strong side by week and injuries are brutal for J and J this week. Amari Cooper, Marshawn Lynch, Russell Wilson, Antonio Brown, they all have buys this week. Those are four of their top seven picks in their draft. Uh, and then Chris Thompson, like you mentioned, he and Isaiah Crowell, they're likely out with rib and foot injuries. There's, you know, it's, it's not a good chance they play. So I don't think it's looking too hot for IDPs. I'm picking strong side. All right. Next one, Big Orange Bullies, number seven versus the number ninth ranked Greg Coe. Rivalry or nah? No. Like I'm I said, close. I don't think any of these are rivalry. So I'm having, a, I'm struggling saying rivalries right now. So I, it's a hard word. I apologize. Rivalry week, back to back, five times fast. I'm, I'm out. Who wins this one, Zach? Um, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to Greco. I know he's the underdog here, but man. uh, I, I want to give it to Greco on this one. And Sneed, Willie Sneed's been playing well for him. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I'm gonna give it to Greg. I want to be contrarian and pick uh, Chase, but I'm also picking Greg. You know, Chris Godwin, he saw a spike in targets last week when Jameis returned, and the Bucks get to play Cleveland, who's given up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers so far. My bold prediction, Zach, of this week, the player you just mentioned, Willie Sneed, will score a touchdown against his former team in the Saints, who has given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Willie Sneed, guaranteed touchdown, bold prediction of the week. Okay, I like it. So I'm, so I'm picking Greg. Right. Next one here, Kemp's crew, the number one ranked team versus Tecmo Power Runners, number four. Maybe this is an old like Jefferson Avenue rivalry, Jake versus Rob and Jeff. Is this a rivalry at all? What's the heat map, would you say, like one through ten of this being a rivalry? Um, a zero? <laughs> All right, who 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 wins this one, Zach? Can you really have a rivalry with with Jeff and Rob? I mean, it's kind of impossible. You can't. Yeah. So, um, I'm giving this one to Jake. I'm giving this one to Tecmo. I I uh, I like Jake, um, but just like J and J, Jake listen, has had. Listen, you don't have to. I feel, listen, listen. Every time you pick against Jake, it's always no offense, Jake. I like Jake. We know there's collusion, okay? And and you don't have to worry about Jake's feelings. I'm not worried. Send him a text after this. Just send him Look, a text. Just pick, pick against him and don't apologize to him. Just just pick against him. I'm just I'm just explaining. Just like Jay and Jay, Jake has had a rough bye week situation uh, last week and this week with Big Ben and Devontae Adams being on bye. Um, Baker Mayfield is backup quarterback. He's thrown the ball a ridiculous 46 and 43 times over the past two weeks but he's only scored 22 and 15 fantasy points. So unless Baker just like goes off this week against the worst defense in Tampa Bay, uh, I like Tecmo and I, I like Jake. I didn't, I didn't realize that he was playing Baker Mayfield. I may change, I may change my vote. I'm not sure. I'll think yeah, about it's, it. It's too late. You can't just, you know, you can't, uh, yeah. Jake, you can't jump. Jake, no offense. No offense. I like you. You can't well, jump on the, colli- the collusion train. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. 
Next one here, your worst nightmare, number 11 versus Dragon Energy, number three. This is the all-capitals matchup, obviously, the all-caps teams. Um, I am picking Dragon Energy. Why? Because Matt Ryan is the second-best fantasy quarterback right now, just 10 points behind Patrick Mahomes, who's on Kevin's team, I know. But Rish gets Odell Beckham Jr. against Atlanta Secondary, who they've given up the fourth-most fantasy points to wide receivers so far. And Rish also has Tyler Boyd, who is the best number two receiver in football right now, the exception of Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, adding a little fuel to the fire, he also has Joe Mixon against the Chiefs, and they've given up the second most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm locking this up. This is my lock of the week. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Rish, Rish over Kevin. Uh, I'm picking Kevin. Kevin is on the rise. His team, um, uh, he's in 11th place. But he's on his way up. He's got Mark Ingram back. Um, Mike Williams is going to catch two touchdowns from Phillip Rivers this week. And also, he's got Fontez uh, Burflicht, or whatever his name is. Yeah. I want to get ready to swap him, you know, because uh, just a heads up, I think he's going to get suspended. So. All right. So, Zach, let me just hear this correctly. You're saying, first of all, Home Alone reference, give it to Kevin. But also, you're saying that Mike Williams is going to score two touchdowns. Two. Two in London, yeah. In London against the Titans London. at eight at eight thirty Central Time in the morning. Eight thirty. Two. I like it. All right, next one here, Zach. This is my matchup. Pace in your face, and they're at twelve against uh, the last team in our league, Almond Brothers. Who who wins this one? <sighs> I need to study this a second. You go first. You go first. All right, I'm picking myself, Zach. While you've been out, I've picked against myself and been right the last two weeks. I am optimistic that Tevin Coleman can take over Atlanta's backfield with Freeman out now. James and Blake, they're kind of like the John Robinson of our league, you know, the Titans general manager, because between Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Deion Lewis, Danny Amendola, and Steven Goskowski, five of their uh, starting 14 are current or former Patriots. So they're like their, their whole roster, or a lot of their roster is uh, New England. So they're just like uh, the Titans. Yeah, I want to. I think this is the the bad luck continues for them. It's a bad time for them to get James Conner on a bye. Um, and if T.Y. Hilton plays, that would be a big boost for these guys. But um, Duke Johnson and Deion Lewis, they've got to get it going for them to have a shot. I think you're with you getting Tevin Coleman now um, in the starting role like that for the rest of the season. Alex Collins has been looking good for you. I like the Kittle trade. I'm picking you. All right, H&F Industries, number eight versus Isaiah 4031, number 13. Zach, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm picking H&F this week. One reason, two words, two names, first name, last name, Bilal Powell. Jordan has him as his starting running back this week, along with Ito Smith, who essentially is just a goal line touchdown dependent no, back. You're, you're just going to jinx this. Just look, stop. No, stop. Look, no, no, let me finish. You stop. and Brian have Adam Thielen and Emmanuel Sanders. They're the number one and number eight receivers in CMB through six weeks. I'm giving this one Stop. to H&F. You guys are going to win. Stop. Okay. I also like us to win, but I'm terrified. I feel like Jordan beat us last year. Um, so it is what it is. Chris Johnson. All right, go. It is what it is. All right, last match up here. Zach, this is the reason for the rivalry week in week seven. This is the Battle of the Wombats, of course. I'm talking West Coast and East Coast. West Coast Wombats, the number six-ranked team, versus the East Coast Wombats, the number two-ranked team. We've had them on before, but let's bring back on Matt Collins and Courtney Norton. It's time for the Call of the Week. Making their third appearance on the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast since they have become a co-managed team, we bring back on Matt Collins and Courtney Norton of West Coast Wombats. Matt, Courtney, how are you guys doing? Great. Doing great. Doing great. Hope you guys are doing well. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, and maybe this is why this interview was scheduled, but it is rivalry week in CMB, and you guys have already declared a rival in this league. Who are you guys playing this week, and what are your thoughts overall on the matchup? I'll give this to, to Matt first. Yeah, we're playing the, uh, the East Coast Wombats, um, and I guess – my thoughts on the matchup so far is, is, I'll be honest, I'm totally in shock um, where East Coast sits right now. I believe they're in second place at 5-1. and one. Uh, 
they need to send a thank you card, some kind of maybe like name their first board children after uh, Zach and Brian after the trade they made to pay Quan and Eric E. Brian. I mean, just to, just to read. That is right. Get it right or pay the price. You need to know your role. Here we are. You need to know your role. We are the best wombats out there. We're the original wombats. All you guys are posers. We are above you guys in the rankings. We're a better team. We have more depth, and we are ready to destroy you, Matt Collins. Get it right. This is fantastic. This is fantastic. Right. In shock. Uh, you don't I'll, even know what to say. You don't even know what to do. Everybody out there I don't know listening to this, this is <laughs> the real Wombats, and we are out I don't know. to destroy. I don't know how long it took Zach for you to convince Ross to Ross, come on. Ross, shut your mouth when you're talking to the West Coast Wombats, all right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, thank my you. I appreciate Excuse that. you. You don't talk to the real Wombats that way. Oh, oh Reed. Wow. Whoa. Can whoa. I be honest? I've never Can somebody tell me who that was? I've never heard that voice before. I don't know what the dialect is. I don't know where they come from. Um, so to let you know, he has, take a, he has taken a break from all the studying and all the stats and all the analytics that he's been working on to come onto this and, podcast analytics? and tell you Ross, what can you, define you need to know. Analytics we, are, we have the best depth at this position for the league. We are ready to destroy anybody out there. <laughs> wow. All right, guys, guys, let me let me moderate here a little bit. I, this has turned into the There's no moderating. We are we are the best. Oh yeah, I forgot to introduce myself. This is Ross Garrison, the host of the show. All right. Thank you, Jordan Pace. <laughs> Ross, Ross, welcome on the podcast. Uh, let me just Thank you. Some- Thank you for finally having me. I had to get on here with a secret code because of Zach Henson. Uh, okay. Shout out to okay. uh, uh, shout out to Zach Henson and Brian for all they do uh, in this league. All right, Ross. Let's just settle it real quick here. Let us know the, the birth of the name East Coast Wombats. Where did you come up with this? Is this the original? Are you guys the original okay. Wombats? Where did you come up with this name? Okay, just to let, to let you know, before Matt Collins was even born, okay, this this name was in. Uh, in fantasy football world. So when I was in eighth grade, okay, eighth grade, you hear that? Eighth grade, uh, this this uh, uh, company, this uh, organization was trademarked. So just uh, to put that out there. Is that answer the question? What's, what's the meaning? Like, what's the, why, why East Coast Wombats? I'm just curious. Uh, honestly, just, uh, just uh, something random. Uh, just <laughs> eighth grade kid. Uh, and literally ever since eighth grade, that I have had a fantasy football team with that name. So, so you've been in eighth grade since then? <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Ross, I, we all saw the video from, I think it was from like a Teens for Christ night, where Courtney is just standing there with his uh, hand in his fist, staring at you from across the room and everyone saw the fear of God in your eyes. Can you confirm on the podcast tonight that you're scared of Courtney Norton? No, that is false. Um, I was uh, cornered. I uh, did not know that was going to be happening. Uh, I was outnumbered uh, and it was, uh, it was, it was a rough situation, but I made it out uh, and uh, Courtney uh, uh, didn't get, you know, he didn't do anything to me. So. False. You were not in the corner. You were out in the open. <laughs> Ross, actually, I'll ask Reed. Reed, what are your predictions of this matchup this weekend with with Courtney and with Matt? Do you think your ECW comes out on top? What do you think is going to happen this week? What do you like about the matchup? Uh, I think it'll be close, but I think East Coast comes out on top. Riveting commentary. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying to study for anatomy test tomorrow. That's all right. That's, school school is more important. But it, Reed, I was going to ask you too. It sounds like you've been doing some schoolwork, but you've also been, like Ross said, you're part of the analytics department at ECW because you're sitting there at first place in the league pick'em challenge. Um, I think everyone in the league takes that by surprise, and, and I just I think it's it's Reed's involvement with ECW. How uh, how big of a role does does Reed play, Ross? Uh, he, I mean, he plays a big role. Uh, obviously, uh, we had uh, 
we uh, at the beginning uh, or at the end of last year we had a few uh, roadblocks to get through um, with having such a horrible uh, season uh, but now we're back on track and uh, uh, you know Reed being a co-owner uh, and uh, uh, he's a huge part of this league uh, he's a huge part of our team uh, he makes a lot of big decisions uh, so so yeah he uh, has a big role so basically Reed. Reed's making all the decisions right <laughs> That that is false. Hey, Reed, what was the what was the decision to pick Julio Jones there in the first round? Was he a guy you guys were targeting all along, or is it just kind of how the draft fell? Uh, actually, we're targeting Saquon. I oh. think Saquon went the pick before us. Well, that's just great how that yeah, all he went out. <laughs> it did work out pretty well for us so far. Yeah, let's talk about that trade. How were you guys just like licking your lips that H and F would hit accept on the trade? How excited were you when when that all shaked out and, and you guys ended up with two first round picks basically at the end of it? Oh, we were uh, really excited. Honestly, first we were a little, a little iffy because uh, um, you know some of the trades we've made in the past have not been uh, the right trade uh, to say the least, and uh, uh, but. Uh, once they uh, threw in Crabtree, uh, it was definitely a, a go for us. Michael Kendricks was recently not arrested, but he was uh, convicted of a charge of insider trading. Did you guys also inside trade with the Vikings, knowing that Dalvin Cook would have these hamstring injuries? I think that is something we need to look into. Uh, we we do have some some uh, pretty good connections with uh, Minnesota. Um, um, you know, Reed is a is a huge Louisville fan and. Uh, they did have a quarterback from Louisville there that actually got, you know, traded. But we, we do have a little bit of insider uh, information from Minnesota. I remember, and Jake mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Jake Stanifer of Kemp's crew, that he did overhear either Ross or Reed. He couldn't make it out. But one of you guys groaned when Jake took Baker Mayfield in the draft. Can you guys confirm or deny that you guys groaned when that pick was made? Uh, I yeah. will confirm that I do have a uh, Baker Mayfield jersey uh, in my closet right now, so if that that may help uh, help you with that. So. Reed, were you pretty upset when Baker was off the board? Uh, a little bit. I was targeting Lamar Jackson, so I was happy we got him, but I actually don't think he's on the roster right now. He is not. No, and one one guys you guys did you guys did target was Josh Gordon round three pick ten, but you guys dealt him away to H and F. Another bit of insider trading. Did you guys know that you know Josh Gordon would do nothing with the Browns? You know, I, I'm a big Josh Gordon fan and believer, and I listened to a past podcast. I think it was the post draft show. I think we uh, someone said it bad. Uh, we could have got Jarvis before Josh. I think that was a kind of a big mistake we didn't look at. We probably should have got Jarvis since it is a PPR league. But um, I still think Josh will end up doing good for h and I think he'll do really good for the Patriots. So I still think the trade will even out soon. Thank you for the, thank you for the encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ross, this may be a question for Reed, given that he's in the analytics department, but what has been the fab strategy for East Coast Wombat? You guys just have $33 left the second lowest remaining fab bucks throughout the entire league. What's been the strategy each week in fab? Uh, it's kind of gone. Go ahead, Reed. Uh, I was just going to say it's kind of gone week by week. You know, uh, we start off with Jamie, and I think he tore his ACL at week two, yep. I believe. And we've kind of been struggling at quarterback, so we've just kind of been picking and just kind of trying to decide week by week. Like, I think we picked up Joe Flacco, then we went with Eli. We kind of thought we made a big mistake starting Eli this week, but or last week, and we still got a win. So we just kind of take it week by week. Yeah, and then you know Matt and Courtney, they mentioned right before you guys jumped on, right before Ross just interjected into the podcast. I'll be honest, that took me by surprise as well. I had no clue that you were jumping in there, but Matt had mentioned that you guys should be just writing a thank you note to to H and F for the Saquon trade. How, how much has that played in your favor, and how exciting has that been to, to have Barkley okay, in your team? Just, uh, let's, let's not pour any more salt in the wound. I can tell you that it's worked, it's worked very well in their favor. Uh, Eric Ebron has been amazing. Saquon has been amazing. And Michael Crabtree has just been 
fantastic. So um, it's really done well. The trade has done very well for them, and uh, they've they've moved up the ranking since then. They don't even have to make any moves. They've made the fourth fewest moves in our league, and that's all because of this trade, catapulting them. All right, what about this? Matt Collins also said that he's shocked that ECW is in second place. Should the league be shocked that you guys are in second? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of doubt uh, about ECW. Uh, there always has been. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're here to stay. We're here to uh, win. And, I'm and we're here to uh, destroy <laughs> the West Coast Wombat. All right, Matt, Matt and Courtney, you guys are, are playing up against the red-hot East Coast Wombats. What are your thoughts on the matchup this week? I mean, looking at your lineup with, with guys like Derrick Henry and with Alshon Jeffrey, who's been hot, what, what are your thoughts on the matchup this week? Well, first of all, Derrick Henry might as well just have been shot and taken out back. He's <laughs> no <out>. doubt. No. <laughs> um, it's really horrible. <laughs> in all honesty, it is a wonder that we are four and two, and I started Derrick Henry every single game so far, <laughs> and he's done no more than five points. Um, we actually tried to initiate a trade with Ross and Reed several weeks ago because they had five starting running backs on their team, um, and he would have none of it. So, uh, but yeah, Derrick Henry sucks. Alshon Jeffrey's been has been solid since he's come back. He's had two good games. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how we do this week. We get Kamara back, so that's good. Uh, Golf has has been pretty steady. Not his best game last week, um, but they're playing the 49ers, and I think we all saw Monday night that there are some there are some points to be had against the 49ers defense. So hopefully, him and Brandon Cooks can hook up. A few times this week, so I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be close. Um, if if Derrick Henry gave us absolutely anything, I think that uh, that would just be an unbelievable victory in and of itself. So, absolutely, uh, we'll we'll see how it goes this week. Hey, Ross and Reed, let me give you guys some optimism here. I saw a tweet from Adam Schefter on Monday, and it says Julio Jones' 707 receiving yards this season are the most for a player without a receiving touchdown in a team's first six games in NFL history. So Julio is a top five receiver right now, and he still hasn't even caught a touchdown. Pretty, pretty yeah. encouraging. He's uh, definitely talented. All right, I'm, I'm going to open the floor first for, for Ross and for Reed. Ross, you're becoming one of the better trash talkers, and not because of, like, what you're saying, but also just because of, like, volume and just kind of coming out hot. Because um, I honestly, the last, I mean, the last couple of times you've come on this podcast, I didn't know you were coming on, and it, was, it caught me by surprise. So uh, is there anything you'd like to say to Matt and Courtney with them on the line? There's a lot I would like to say, but I'm just going to – Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Wow. Okay. All right, Matt, Courtney. Uh, I think for the for the betterment of the league, I think you could probably cut that out of the podcast for this week. Uh, that was a pretty pitiful response, which is what I'm used to by Ross at this point. Pitifulness. Um, I believe that's what he comes through with time and time again. Uh, Ross, uh, his team, his hot start this year. Reminds me, his best player receiver, as we talk about Julio Jones and his team, the Atlanta Falcons. Ross reminds me much of the Atlanta Falcons every year. They start off okay, and then they just flounder. And I believe that Ross and Reed, your floundering begins this week. So oh. good luck. Not. <laughs> right. And I tell you, you said one, you said one thing that was accurate just a moment ago that Ross is uh, the biggest trash talking and. and uh, I do agree with that because every time every time he opens his mouth, trash does come out. So, <laughs> oh my god, that's enough hey, said right one, there. Can I say one last thing? I just need to give a couple of shout outs real quick. Let's hear it. Uh, I need to shout out H uh, and F Industries uh, uh, for what they're doing for this league. Uh, thanks so much. Um, shout out uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, and I need to shout out uh, Kanye West. Thank you. <laughs> wow. All right. Hey. <laughs> Matt, Courtney, thanks for coming on. Ross and Reed, you guys as well. Reed, good luck with that anatomy test uh, coming up soon. Best of luck there. And uh, may the best team win in week seven. Thank you. Thanks Thanks. for having me on. Thanks, guys. I really enjoyed it. Here, here. 
Man, Zach, I, I feel like I was going to say you should really tell me when, when you have these kind of things planned where you have a ton of people coming on at once, but I don't know. It almost sounded better that I had no clue what was going on. Well, honestly, I had no clue as to if these, uh, these, this, this would happen, you know, if both of the, the teams would get on at the same time. That was my hope. But uh, with Ross and Reed, we've tried to set it up before just as an interview and and they said they would come, and then it didn't happen, you know. So You always need a backup. Yeah, so I was really excited that the the worlds collided here. Um, that was pretty funny. I felt like we needed some kind of wrestling music, you know, when some guy enters the ring you're just not expecting. I feel like Suggs would be able to help us with that. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. I think I said it. That was truly like a Jerry Springer episode. Like I was having to talk over people and moderate. It was a lot. Yes, that was, that was pure chaos um, at its finest. I had a lot of stuff prepared for Ross and Reed questions wise, obviously, because I kind of feel like I kind of negated Courtney and, and Matt there for a little bit. But I, I thought I thought they were both were good episodes. That may be the most I've ever heard Reed Garrison talk, and he was he was a delight. Yeah, that was uh, that was good. I'm glad uh, Reed got to get on, and hey, he's in first place in the league. Pick him. All right, Zach. With everything that we just heard from that call with Matt and Courtney and Ross and Reed. Who are you picking in the matchup between East and West Coast Wombats? You go first this time. You go first. Okay, so I'm picking East Coast, and I, you know, nothing against Courtney and Matt, but I just, I think Flacco and Crabtree, they have easy routes to a lot of combined fantasy points this week against New Orleans. You know, we talked earlier about um, New Orleans giving up the most fantasy points this season to wide receivers, and Julio Jones will get his first touchdown of the season, guaranteed. So going with East Coast. I'll, it's just tough. Um, I'm going to have to go with, with the East Coast as well. Um, there's just too many question marks on West Coast right now with um, Kamara. Not, you know, who knows what the role is. They'll probably blow up for 40, but um, you just kind of want to see it first now. And then, like we talked about, Derrick Henry, um, he's got to – man, he's got to get going. And the Titans got to get going in general. But uh, I want to put my, my money on uh, East Coast. Money? All right. Let's, uh, let's move on from the picks of the week, Zach, and let's look at our volunteer voicemail. Again, no calls this week. I uh, thought about having a couple of people we almost had calls from, but just couldn't make it work. But uh, again, we're going to call it out one more time. 931-292-4848. Zach, maybe, I mean, you're the only person that's left one of these. Maybe people are maybe intimidated because your, your performance was so good from that first one. I guess, um, yeah. What, what are you looking for with these voicemails? All you got to do is just call in, you know, offer some smack talk or if somebody lets you down, um, you know, just anything that you want to throw on the podcast real quick. So it goes straight to recording. No big deal. Just leave a message. And it doesn't have to be some like Matthew Berry rant like we, we saw, you know, the other day from his fantasy week. But just, yeah, 15, 20 seconds, maybe a minute or less. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. We, yep. just, we just want as many people on this podcast as possible. Yep. All right, with that in mind, let's move on to the Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week! Zach, I think I speak for both of us in that you and I probably could both come up with individual Tweets of the Week, but there really was only one tweet from this past week that was worth even mentioning for the Tweet of the Week. Would you agree? Yes, that is correct. I think I think both of us favorited this on Twitter or liked it or whatever, and it was definitely one of our favorite, and at least for me, I have not laughed this hard by myself in a long time. I was it was real late at night. Essentially what happened was as soon as the clock struck midnight Eastern time, so it was eleven o'clock our time, this tweet came out right on the dot and I saw this and I have never I can't remember laughing that hard and that loudly all alone in a long time. Yeah. So I'll give the quick backstory. Um, if, if any of you guys don't follow basketball, Kawhi Leonard uh, used to be on the Spurs and he was just very quiet, kind of like Tim Duncan and most Spur players, you know, to themselves. Um, and he wasn't happy this off season. And, and now he's with the Toronto Raptors and they had a uh, media day or some kind of interview. And anyways, he, he was talking, um, to the media and he laughed and this is what it sounded like <laughs> and nobody's ever heard the guy laugh before so uh it was a big deal and that laugh itself went viral so brings us to your tweet of the week pace 
And my tweet of the week. Here you go. I don't even know where you. Oh wait, wait, wait. And I should say that this is for the NBA tip off, which was yesterday. Some some random guy made this and it went viral. Three point nine three million views. Here we go. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so good. Dude, it's like it's like the fifteenth time I've heard it in two days and I'm still laughing so hard. Oh, man, it's so good. So Do you good. feel bad at all for Kawhi Leonard because his laugh is so ridiculous? I mean, can nah, you think he's gonna, can he nah. help that? No, he's he's making millions and now he's got that laugh. I mean, no, I don't feel bad. It's pretty great. Uh so yeah, that was the tweet of the week. I would definitely agree that was shared by Zach and I both. And uh, wow, what a what an episode. We had a lot this week, Zach, between all the injury talk and our picks of the week. And of course, that ridiculous, crazy call between yeah. the East and West Coast Wombats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was fantastic. All right, week seven, uh, we will come back to you next week with week eight. But before then, Jameis, what do you got for us? That's a W. Let's eat one.